This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, Transformers Armada continues to impress. Hold on, so, sorry, that was actually the wrong line. Uh, I meant it's garbage. Hey everyone, welcome to Hyperspace Broadcast. Once again, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what, if anything, is worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And this week we are continuing our coverage of Transformers Armada, covering Season 2, which is 13 episodes. And, oh boy, the, like, the first time, episode really tricked us. Will, <laughs> yeah, really. It's <laughs> You think, hey, maybe this will turn into something that's worth it, and... Little did we know, it's 13 episodes more of time we can't get back. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I mean, th there's more to say, but I guess we'll just say it as we talk about the show, so let's get right into it. Um, sure. So, for the synopsis, we do have a more plot-focused, like, block of episodes than last time. You may remember that last time, pretty much the entirety of the season was just disconnected adventures where they're going to find mini cons in various environments um they're still doing that in this season but the individual episodes are tied together more and like the the last season was mostly about finding this MacGuffin, the uh star saber sword as they constantly call it to my irritation yeah. <laughs> and in this season it is the sky boom shield that they're trying to find, which is like the counterpart to the star saber sword. And, you know, like, but, but it is actually all tied together because that's introduced in the first episode. Like, you know, it's not like the sky or the star saber where they just kind of eventually are like, Oh, also this sword. And then the next episode, yeah, they get exists. it. So we start off and we're introduced to a new mercenary transformer. Whose name is scavenger. Uh, of course, he allies himself with the Decepticons, and he's pretty cool. He's kind of like a Ramba Rawl figure from Mobile Suit Gundam a little bit. Like, technically, he's a bad guy, but he's sort of like, you know, mostly through shit-talking, kind of takes hot shot under his wing. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like Kind of gives him, like, a stern mentorship, but from the other side of the battlefield. Yeah, and also right. it's constantly like, hey... uh, you wouldn't be shit without your cool sword. Like, yeah, which is like, it's straight up Rumble Roll. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't be shit without your cool Gundam boy. <laughs> exactly. It's it's pretty much directly Rumble Roll. Um, and also he looks really cool when he first shows up because he has this fucking big cloak on. And you like, gotta love giant robots with cloaks, dude. They're so yeah, pointless, I mean, but they they always <laughs> look cool. <laughs> yeah, in general, like they're stupid and make no sense, but it looks awesome. And he in particular looks awesome with this big cloak on because it covers the bottom half of his face <laughs> and like everything just, below his face. Which yeah, right. Does which is look kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, which is good because he looks like every other transformer, and then he's just kind of a jumble of colored parts. Um, but with a cloak on, you don't really notice that. And he just looks really cool and mysterious. Um, so, so yeah, Scavenger is interesting. Uh, another new character is introduced. This character is named Sideways, which I find to be a really strange and dumb name yeah. personally. Um, and he transforms into a motorcycle. I guess it's worth mentioning that Scavenger transforms into a bulldozer. 
uh, but sideways is a motorcycle and he has this kind of cool ish, but like at least very unique transformation because the motorcycle rider is, I think a mini con it's at least like a little robot itself that oh, then thought, forms into a helmet him. for him. I, I think it's part of him too. I'm not quite sure, yeah. but basically it's but like it's, a separate part. Yeah. It's weird that they're two kind of separate parts and one of them looks like a little human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And he's voiced by Paul Dobson, which I only mentioned because Scott McNeil voices a character in this show who we'll get to in a minute. Um, but this guy sounds so much like Scott McNeil that yeah. both of us were like, oh, that's just Scott McNeil. All right. Awesome. And it's not, yeah, absolutely. which blows my mind still. <laughs> yeah. We just figured this out and it's fucking insane. Like it, what, he sounds exactly like Scott McNeil doing duo or like doing like Piccolo back from Ocean Dove. Oh yeah. Totally like Piccolo for sure. And, and just very like brooding and like, Ugh. but like yeah okay whatever yeah i guess yeah. it's so, not him so it's weird um so hot shots pretty much just been carrying the autobot team at this point because the star saber is so ultra powerful that he just stomps everybody in his way uh except for scavenger i guess and so there's this episode where he uh he being hot shot in this case hot shot and sideways infiltrate the decepticon base and like most things in this show it's really kind of weird and disjointed but basically what ends up happening is that sideways is actually a decepticon and he's been living Whoa. up to his name by deceiving everybody uh and so he like steals the star saber from hot shot and star scream ends up with it and then kind of hilariously like the, the the Decepticons just kind of beat up on Hot Shot on the moon while he's separated from everyone else and then oh, send yeah. him home for some reason. <laughs> like, I guess <laughs> killing him would be too evil. So the, the Star Saber is now firmly in Decepticon hands. I, I love to, anytime there's like a big betrayal, they like make a big show of changing their insignia <laughs> from the yeah, Autobot yeah, insignia yeah. to the Decepticon <laughs> insignia. And it's just like cool dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like it's such a goofy thing and it's also funny because the way this season works there's a whole lot of stuff where instead of building tension throughout the season about a thing they'll just yeah. outright announce what's about to happen next and then it happens in the next episode in this case like none of the kids trust sideways for no reason like, there's no reason at all from his introductory episode that they shouldn't trust him. He seems yeah. totally trustworthy, but they're like, I don't know about that sideways. And then the very next episode, he betrays everybody. And it's like, A, it's couldn't you have built this up a little more? And B, right. why didn't the kids tell anyone that they didn't trust this guy? <laughs> and like, it should have been, they should have had something that would have warranted that kind of blatant foreshadowing yeah right know? right it's but really no, weird they just like take one look at him they're like i don't know yeah he, he seems, seems kind of shady it's also very funny that uh he has like kind of this helmet which is made out of the little robot rider of the motorcycle oh yeah and when he uh, reveals himself as a Decepticon, the helmet pops off his head and reconfigures <laughs> into a yeah. slightly more villainous form and then comes back down <laughs> on his head, which is really funny. Yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> and and also the helmet like has arms coming out of it, kind of like horns, and it just looks yeah. like it's shrugging. Like he just has a shrugging <laughs> torso on his head at all times, which, you know, 
sure, why not? That's a cool thing to put on your awesome giant robot toy. So at this point, the Decepticons heavily outnumber the Autobots, and you know they have the super weapon, the Star Saber Sword. Uh, but wait, all of a sudden, in sing- an episode after the last betrayal, we get another betrayal, and Scavenger decides to reveal that he's actually an Autobot, and he jumps over to the Autobot side. And apparently, he was an Autobot the whole time, which is kind of lame, because I liked him having, even though it was ripped directly from Gundam, I liked that he was like a villain who was kind of teaching the yeah right you know precocious uh, warrior kid and the other yeah team, the like, the hey, upstart warrior like yeah. you can actually be good at doing this instead of just a you know acting like a child I guess. But what's also kind of disappointing about this is that it's established very early on, which to be fair is kind of a tell, but still. Uh, that scavenger trained Optimus Prime originally. So he has this whole old mentor, like Master Asia mystique to him. Um, Yeah, yeah. That is a little bit wrecked by him just being an Autobot the whole time. It's also weird because as a Decepticon undercover, he doesn't really do anything that would, you know, suggest that he was an autobot at any point like he never really betrays them specifically like even in the episode where he does go back to the autobots yeah he just deserts he just fucking leaves and i I swear later in this season there's an episode where they're like we don't know where the or no i guess i guess the episode where they didn't know where the moon base was is the former betrayal but still i don't know there's something like it seems like he could communicate that to them if he's undercover but he doesn't so whatever. they seem to forget uh, that the Decepticons base is on the moon every other episode. So I can yeah, see where you Yeah, that is another thing that's really weird is that, that actually it, was, <laughs> it was established literally in the first three episodes of the show that the Decepticon base was on the moon and the Autobots knew that. But it is up for debate in this season for some reason. And I it, can't yeah. imagine why. Like, it happens, I think, like three times where they just yeah, have to it's, where they relearn it. Yeah, it's it's again a thing that doesn't make sense. It's still a total mess. What's also funny about that episode is that it features Megatron enacting a very elaborate scheme to get the Star Saber from Starscream uh, because I don't know. I guess Megatron doesn't trust that the character who is stated to be his most loyal soldier later in the season would just hand over the sword if Megatron told him to. Oh yeah, they they basically use like the fog of war to trick him into attacking uh, another Decepticon, and then they're like, right. "Oh, you're a bad Decepticon. Yeah, I should take that sword from you." Yeah, it's, it's like, really weird. What the fuck is like, this? S- <laughs> like specifically, Megatron takes the hit for another Decepticon, and he's like, "Well, I don't know. Starscream seems to have been trying to kill Demolisher for some yeah. reason. I mean, maybe because they hate each other, but you know, whatever." Uh, so maybe I should have the Saber Starscream. I don't know if you can be trusted with it. It's just this really stupid roundabout plan that has no purpose and doesn't make any sense. Because, of course, Decept- it doesn't. It's Armada, really. The Decepticons are awful passive-aggressive like that. <laughs> right, which kind of makes sense, given that, you know, they're the villains. This is a very common thing in these shows. Like, Cobra Command was never particularly functional. But... I don't know. There's something about it that just feels very weird. And to be fair, that might be that the dub is awful and it's impossible to tell yeah. what's going on half the time. 
but they, well, you know. they probably leave like notes for each other around their base too. Like, you left your fucking motor oil out. Like, yeah, yeah. Please clean the microwave for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so we get another new character. There, are, I think five oh, yeah. new characters introduced this season. Uh, this is another Autobot. His name is Blur, which he shares with the G1 character he has nothing in common with, which is a little strange. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. The G1 like, character being voiced by the Micro Machines guy and yeah, being super com- fast talking. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's the whole joke is that he's basically Sonic, uh, but a Transformer. And this guy is just like this cold sniper who doesn't have any time for nonsense. Right. And... <laughs> And also, uh, his minicon, like his his vehicle mode, is like a car, and the minicon is also a car. And the way that it combines <laughs> with him is it like flies up this hole in the rear of the car, and it really yeah. just looks like he's shoving it up his ass. Like there's there's yeah. no other way to put it. It's <laughs> if a car every could time get it's really shoved weird. up its ass, it looked like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah, pretty much. Uh, also, the kids are really really into every new autobot like every time there's a new autobot character introduced uh, except scavenger i guess who they don't trust for obvious reasons they're just all about this new character like they can't get enough of them yeah and they follow him around everywhere yeah and and so blur gets this treatment just like everybody else but he has no time for it because he has no time for nonsense and it just makes the kids look even dumber than they usually do because it's so (laughs) obvious that blur has no time for this but they don't fucking stop like they just keep bothering him uh fred asks as if if he has a website at one point great of course (laughs) it's also probably (laughs) worth mentioning that in his introductory episode the Decepticons managed to finally collect all the minicons that make the Skyboom shield. So now they have both super weapons. This leads directly into the next episode where Megatron challenges Optimus Prime to like a final decisive battle. And, you know, because now Megatron has all the super weapons and Optimus yeah. accepts because he's dumb uh, and the fight goes badly, but eventually the the Autobots end up with the shield. And there's some other stuff, but we'll talk about this episode more in depth because it's terrible. Yeah, the worst animation. <laughs> yeah, even for this show, it's really bad. Um, yeah. So then we have a bunch of episodes that are like less plot relevant. Uh, there's one where Megatron lures Optimus into a stupid trap, which is my nadir and is another really terrible episode. Uh, oh, yeah. there's one where sideways seems to be trying to like for like start a coup to depose Megatron, except oh, that God. doesn't really make sense because of various things that happen in the episode. It just None ends up being this really works. weird gobbledygook. <laughs> and it just, it just seems like he's just trying to confuse everybody and he's not taking any sides and he's just like instigating a battle. <laughs> yeah. Instigating a battle where it's suggested that he wants Megatron to win, but also things that he did earlier make it seem like he wants Megatron to lose. It's really confusing. Also, that episode features, I believe, is the episode where Sideways says that uh, the Autobots have all three super weapons, the sword, oh, yeah. the shield, and some other like laser the, cannon. The Astro which Blaster, is, yeah. 
which is the worst, most egregious error so far in the show. Oh my because God. one, the show, they don't it's have a the continuity sword. error to the extent that the show is spoiling itself. <laughs> yeah, right, right. The Astro Blaster hasn't the shown up. Transformers, uh, Transformers Wiki, which is very useful here. Because uh, when we heard that line, I was like, what the fuck is he talking about, Astro yeah, right. Blaster? And we look into it, it's like, oh, Astro Blaster is a Japanese name for a third artifact super weapon that hasn't been introduced yet in the show at all <laughs> yeah that doesn't show up this season so apparently the autobots have it <laughs> yeah but the autobots have it they have the japanese version of a thing that hasn't shown up yet and they also have the sword which they they don't have like megatron has it that's a major plot point in this episode so Could you imagine if like and it's the first line through... of the episode again like it's just an egregious fuck up yeah. to start things it's crazy can you imagine if partway through Empire Strikes Back, like Han Solo casually mentions, he's like, oh, and, and Luke's dad, uh, Darth Vader, <laughs> you know, it's just no, like, I, I mean, it would have to be like, so it would have to be like in a new hope that though, yeah, it would have to be before it was anywhere close to being relevant, <laughs> but just casually mentioned, you know, like not, <laughs> they don't realize that it's serious yet. Yeah, right. It's so weird. So, Oh, my God. Uh, finally, we have an episode where Sideways hacks into the Autobot base, and we actually get a tease of Unicron, which would be cool, except that they use the G1, like, planet eater form of Unicron, which I actually really love the design of. Basically, it's just a big, yeah. like, orb with some claws on it and a giant gaping like maw basically um but they fuck it up because it's armada so they put some stupid ghostly eyes over it which makes it yeah. look like fucking weedle from pokemon like <laughs> it does not look threatening at all it looks totally goofy uh and, yeah i mean it was in silhouette yeah. so maybe they're just Maybe it won't look like that. <laughs> I, I hope know. not. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess we'll see, because actually they showed some restraint with Unicron and that they only teased him and then didn't immediately oh, follow it up by, like, for once. revealing him, which is weird yeah. for this show, because that's usually how it works. Yeah. It, um, it, yeah. If they, if they tease anything, it's revealed at least by the next episode. So we have two more characters that are introduced right at the end of the season. Uh, we have the Decepticon tactician and, like, vague occultist thrust wait what he he makes references to like oh the falling stars are a good sign of the battle oh. to come or like yes, oh the like sun is shining down right. on us that's a good sign right he he has that occultist kind of is not the word i would use for that i guess it makes sense but yeah I, astrologist I, I don't know whatever he has he has some kind of like mystical feeling to yeah. him which is unusual and actually kind of cool characterization because it feels very different from everybody else yeah uh, occultist might not be the most accurate word but whatever that's the word i'm gonna go with uh, and then the new Autobot is the showboat cool guy, Jetfire. And he is voiced by Scott McNeil, actually, which is awesome <laughs> because we love Scott McNeil. He's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's so a thrust, you know, there's like two episodes with thrust where he, the plans of the Decepticons actually make sense instead of just being total garbage. Uh, but it doesn't matter because, you know, now Jetfire's there. So yeah, right. who cares about your plans? We have another guy and he can also combine with Optimus Prime into a new Optimus Super Mode, which is called <laughs> Jet Convoy. 
It's not called Jet Convoy. That's what they call it in the show because they fucked it up. Yeah, right. It's called Jet Convoy in Japan. They call it Jet Convoy in the show once, but it's actually called Jet Optimus. Who cares, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> in, fairness, in fairness, they only ever call it Jet Convoy in this season because they only refer to it once. But <laughs> great. Yeah. So again, you know, they, they fucked it up because what a surprise. Everything in the show is some kind of screw up. Yeah, do they <sighs> do all the seasons at once? Is everything rushed? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, we'll we'll talk about it later. But I have a theory as to what happened with some of this yeah. stuff, uh, and it's a silly theory, but it, I think once I explain it, it'll make sense. Um, so to move on to our zeniths and nadirs, uh, first we have my zenith, which is episode one, overmatch. <laughs> that phrase. Yeah, right. A classic <laughs> phrase that everyone uses. Um. This is the episode that introduces Scavenger, and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, you know, the Decepticons get beaten, and then Scavenger shows up, and then they still get beaten, but, uh, you know, Scavenger shows off his bona fides as being a total badass. And right. that's really the reason I like it. I mean, to be honest, it was the first episode, and it felt so different from the first season, and also wasn't just littered with terrible just mistakes honestly so it, yeah. it stands out and they did some other things in this episode that actually seemed kind of promising at least at first like they did a couple visual gags they had alexis taking one of the mini cons to the uh <laughs> to like the grocery store <laughs> yeah and right, dressing right. him up and it was you know goofy and kind of funny yeah and then there's a scene where like demolisher gets his uh gets his cannons cut off by the star saber and then the next scene he they're like bandaged up which is kind of funny oh, yeah <laughs> like there's there's some nice little details and scavenger being this kind of romba raw character as we've already talked about was cool like he looks yeah. cool in the cloak it, it was a promising start and also, to be honest, I like that Hotshot is really arrogant because he has the Star yeah. Saber and he's like, fuck you all. No one can beat me because I've got the Star Saber. That's exactly literally what he says, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and... fuck you all. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat me. And I like that. That's fun characterization. Uh, it doesn't last. Yeah. So next up is my least favorite episode. Episode eight, Decisive Battle. Oh, this man. episode has... This episode the fucking worst animation i have seen in a long time for like any kind of fucking show <laughs> touts itself as being a completed product <laughs> like this is damn i mean rough. yeah like you're not really wrong there's so many little fucking errors it reminds me of like some of those johnny quest episodes we saw <laughs> that one where they like fucked up the frame yeah or like robotech really like it, it looks like really old anime not anime that was made in 2001 yeah, seriously. Like, it's there's just so many fuck-ups. So, this is the episode where, you know, Megatron calls, you know, basically calls Optimus to come have a final battle because he has the awesome, he has both the super weapons, the Sky Boom Shield and the Star Sword. It, this episode starts off from the, from the drop is weird because, like, the narration, like, kicks in a little later than you expect for the opening theme. Right. And it just describes 
a very minor plot point in the episode that gets resolved immediately. They're like, oh, oh yeah, right. A meteor is he- headed towards the moon, and it threatens to wipe out the Decepticon base. Yeah, which is and, irrelevant, because it's just yeah. destroyed immediately. Yeah, like, the first <laughs> shot of the thing is just like, it flies in the base, <laughs> Megatron blocks it with the shield and disintegrates it, and that's yep. it. It's like, Yeah, there we go. <sighs> necessary okay. to put into the opening narration, which, by the way, is really weirdly inconsistent throughout this season. Sometimes yeah. it's red, Sometimes it's this other guy who is the more consistent one. And then it will change occasionally. Yeah. Like, this is a change. Later, they referred to the uh, the Decepticon minicons as enslaved as opposed to corrupted. Uh, yeah. Though that's based on a plot development, so it makes a little more sense. But the, the, the opening narrations in this season are very inconsistent. Yeah. And so... The battle is just a nightmare in terms of <laughs> in terms of the uh animation. Like you got yeah, uh right. it's background shots where like one of the characters, like Starscream is flying in the distance and then he just vanishes and it's just kind of a black blob. Yeah, or we'll just <laughs> yeah, that that's a really consistent thing as characters will just turn into black silhouettes for no reason. And it's like, like glaring. <laughs> it's right. really and obvious. The, and the thing is, this whole episode's just a huge fucking battle. Like it's yeah. called decisive battle. So you'd think they'd like put a little more effort in on it too for yeah, being an episode about a decisive battle. <laughs> right. Or they'd like, allocate more animation budget for an episode that's a fucking twenty five minute long fight scene. Like yeah, yeah. you would think there'd be something, but apparently it just has the same amount of budget as everything else or less or just what? less care. Like there's so many, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's only so many times you can say, Oh, there's so many animation errors. It's yeah. ridiculous. But like, really it's constant. It's when you have every a giant boulder rolling towards smoke screen menacingly, and then it rolls towards him three times in the same shot. Right. Which not is as a stylistic choice. It's not like a Sentai thing or whatever, you know, or they no, zoom no, in it's three just times. a mistake. <laughs> it's clearly just an error of just like the, it rolls, it disappears and resets, it rolls, disappears and resets, rolls, disappears and resets like three right, times right. in like a couple seconds. And it looks like, like complete trash <laughs> like it looks like spider-man cartoon maker yeah like we've talked about that yeah. before but it legitimately looks like that a you're, lot of the time dragging a gif yeah and the gif keeps resetting when you drag it anyway exactly <laughs> and like, it plays dumb music <laughs> and the music in this episode too is really weird like you know they've they've used a remixed techno version oh, yeah. of the transformers theme a few times and it sounds terrible of course but in this episode, there will be points where the fucking music is cranked so high and the dialogue mixed yeah. so low they, that the dialogue sounds like lyrics, even though it's yeah, clearly the mix, not. The mixing is atrocious and the music is so loud and the sound effects are so loud that you cannot hear the dialogue over them. Yeah, <laughs> it's so bad. I, I don't know. And then, of course, you have the classic Armada style characters saying dialogue that makes no sense. Like uh starscream saying don't worry it's a dry heat after shooting someone with a laser or something yeah or or starscream again uh saying he's such a kidder after just being straight out insulted which is totally out of character for him <laughs> like it's a really weird thing to hear decepticon say not to mention the like big plot point at the end of the episode is that uh you know optimus is about to be struck down by the star saber sword but his minicon defends him, and his minicon speaks English. And yeah, one which point, is weird because they don't calls upon the Skyboom Shield to or Skyboom Shield to fly up and defend him, which it does. And 
they never reference that again for the rest of this season. That... Uh, that's not entirely true, because the, the important thing is that it sends this weird signal into space, which, like... Well, but they don't, they don't mention the fact that it speaks English. <laughs> that's true. They, they don't really ever bring up the fact that they can understand a minicon for one line of dialogue, but never again and never before. Yeah, no, that's insane. That, that is true. They do, of course, yes, they send out, it sends off the signal and they, they have the stupidest explanation. I think that signal was the screams of well, all hold the tortured on. minicons who want the war to stop. <laughs> like, yeah, what right. What are it's, you talking about? It's very stupid. Oh um, my God. So that actually leads right into... My oh, yeah. least favorite episode, episode nine, Vow. This episode begins with the kids being worried because the Autobots have locked the kids out of their base. Um, and they're like, oh, the Autobots aren't being straight with us about this Skyboom shield and Star Saber sword, which doesn't make any sense because, yeah. like, the kids know basically all the Autobots know, at least as far as the audience is aware. So... The, this opening conflict is just weird and yeah, nonsense. There's Again, really no course. explanation. <laughs> uh, so the the kids pick up a signal because they're hanging out with the minicons, as they always do, uh, from the Decepticon minicons, which, by the way, man, am I tired of writing that in yeah. my notes and in the plot synopses and all this shit. The phrase Decepticon minicons is yep. such a pain in the ass to type out every or time. Or Decepti-minicons, as I will sometimes write. Yeah, sure, but... It's, it's, uh, there, it's just annoying. It's just two made-up words, one after the other, that sound almost the same. And it's a stupid complaint, but it pisses me off, yeah. and I'm sick of it. And I'm going to oh, and... continue doing it forever. So Fred, of all characters, gets immediately attached. They like hear this, and he's like, oh, it must be the bad Decepticons are just trying to talk to the good Decepticons because they want to like hang out and be friends again. Yeah, the, the mini-cons, you mean. Again, the confusing, stupid names. Um, so yeah, so Fred and the also Rad are like, oh, the minicons must want peace with each other. We should go to where this signal tells us to go. Meanwhile, Megatron is uh, figuring out this awesome ambush plan where he's going to have all the minicons himself and he's going to ambush Optimus Prime using a teleporter that is, I guess, just malfunctioning. It's kind of hard, you know, it's yeah. just randomly teleporting people around. So optimus and the kids and some other autobots stumble into this teleporter and then they get separated by being teleported around randomly uh until optimus is in the desert with megatron and rad and fred are with him and i think optimus has like spark plug which is his minicon with him as well but you know it's weird because this is actually what most of the episode is is just yeah. random teleportation and it seems like Megatron could have easily enacted the plan about five teleports before he actually does. So it just feels like the episode is intentionally wasting your time with all this yeah. teleport bullshit. Which like, it is, yeah. Yeah, it, it, there's no reason for it to go on as long as it does, but it goes on forever. And then once they eventually end up in the same place, it's not even really a trap. Like... The, the One of the weird things about this show is that characters will constantly just wander into traps that are pretty easy to set or, like, think about. Like, oh, we wandered into the middle of this open desert. Well, 
you know, the logical thing for Megatron to do would be to have Minicons stationed around the whole fucking area, like behind cover, preferably. And then they just blast Optimus's ass apart as soon as he comes in. But no, that makes too much sense. Yeah. Instead, Megatron's just sitting down on nothing. Uh, and all of the Minicons are just in fucking rows in front of him. And then they start shooting at Optimus. And it's crazy. Because like what he, the hell? they were they were in a similar position a couple teleports before, but this time now when he teleports and they're like they're in position. Oh no, we've been yeah, ambushed. Right. Like shut the fuck and, up. And, and they're not this ambushed. This is a show like, making excuses for itself. <laughs> right, right. And and again, like the thing that bothers me is they're not ambushed at all. Really, yeah. It's not like Megatron and the Minicons came from behind or something. No, they're just there in front of him in full view. There's nothing deceptive, nothing anything. It's just they're there. So here's where we get to why this episode is my least favorite and like legitimately made me angry. Um, so Optimus is in the desert. And at this point, Fred and Rad are like, no, the Minicons want peace. And, you know, they've been saying this this whole time. And Optimus is like, well... Uh, you know, the, the Minicons kind of see Megatron as like a father figure, which is literally how he explains it, which again is really weird considering that after this episode, they start referring to them as being enslaved. Like, yeah. I, I get what, the, I get what they're going for. Like the ideas that the Minicons basically imprint on whoever activates them. And I guess saying that they see up uh, Megatron as a father figure is like a decent way to make that make sense to kids without getting, you know, into the weeds. But it's still weird and feels like a shitty explanation, especially when, like, the Minicons all start shooting at Optimus and Optimus is like, oh, I don't know, maybe they do want peace. So he just starts walking towards them and, like, Fred and Rad are both just whining about, oh, the Minicons want peace. Like, you can't hurt them. Ah." Right, right. They think Optimus is going to start firing on them. Yeah, even though he's clearly not. And this fucking sad piano music is playing because it's just all this stuff that's like just screaming at you. This is important. This is the point of the show. And it's handled so poorly that it's just like fucking depressing. Like, it's done so badly that it's just embarrassing. Yeah, not to mention, like, so much laser fire is flying at Optimus as he, like, walks with open arms, and it's all dramatic. And it's like, the lasers in the show mean nothing. They've never hit. And when they they do, sometimes they hit, and it's like, like, very rarely, and it's like, whoa, he's injured, I guess. And he's like, Optimus gets hit, like, very minorly while walking towards them. And then eventually they're like, oh, uh, I guess we'll turn and help you, Optimus. <laughs> right. Like, the, yeah, no, the the attacks in this show do about as much damage as an attack does to, like, the Megazord and Power Rangers. Like, the yeah. most you're going to get is some sparks, but that's about it. That's, yeah, that's the most anything really does. You're not going to actually see damage. <laughs> Right. So, well, except for when people get their arms cut off, but you know, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so yeah, Optimus is getting shot up, but it doesn't matter. And Fred in particular is whining his little heart out about how, you know, Oh no, you have to trust them. They're the midi cons, etc. And I don't know, like it just, here's the thing. 
what they're going for here is something that I actually really like. Like, I think it's actually a very relevant and important idea to be like, hey, maybe even Optimus, the head of the Autobots, is too dogmatic about like this war and he's too stuck in the mindset of fighting against the Decepticons to realize that that might not actually be the best option yeah. or maybe that's not what the Minicons want. And also really like, I actually really like the idea that the Minicons are basically living weapons that don't want to be used as weapons and actually have an opinion about that. Yeah. That's a really cool idea that you could do some really cool stuff with. But this episode basically takes my ideals and puts them in the mouth of the whiniest, most annoying fucking character. Like, <laughs> we haven't talked about Fred that much, but yeah. Fred is so fucking annoying. He is constantly whining. He is constantly making quote-unquote jokes about how—or not really making jokes, but the butt no. of quote-unquote jokes about how he's fat and he needs to eat his lunch or his blood sugar is going to drop because he's yeah. also diabetic, <laughs> I guess. And he is a therapist, and yeah. he has all these ailments and problems, and he's the goofy, stupid, annoying, whiny comic relief. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't yeah. this funny, guys? Don't you love laughing at this guy with— with diabetes and some kind of <laughs> mental illness what a chump and it's just constant and it's so fucking annoying so yeah having that character be the one who's like optimus you're being a fucking idiot is really fucking annoying like it feels insulting honestly yeah <laughs> to have him be the voice of reason because he's treated as a total chump by the show all the time all the time other than this one moment, he is a chump and he shouldn't be listened to or bothered with. Yeah. Except right now. <laughs> and it's just like, fuck you, show. Like, literally, we watched this. We finished oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, we need to take a break. I cannot watch another episode of this show right now. That pissed me off so yeah. much yeah. <laughs> that I need to take like a half hour and do something else. We've been doing this show for four years. I've never. Yeah. I've never seen you uh, put in such a state by an episode of anything. <laughs> yeah, right. It's just like... It, and it was you fucking know, terrible. This episode I mean, is it's, atrocious. It's it's terrible, and it's also just a terrible handling of something I actually really like. It's yeah, They spend the whole time wasting your time, and at the end, they start to like hint at something deeper and interesting, and then mangle it horribly. Yeah, absolutely fucking <laughs> mangle it. Completely fuck it up. <laughs> And and this is the episode where it's like, you know, after this is all resolved uh, and, you know, the rest of the Autobots figure out where Optimus is and teleport in and then Megatron retreats. And I think some of his minicons go to the Autobots side, but it's not all of them. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. After all of this, Optimus is like. Oh, I actually trusted you kids the whole time, even though I was being shady earlier. And also, I yep. figured out what that signal was. It was the screams of all the minicons who want peace, which is fucking, again, insulting. And and also, like, you know, to, to just take a step back, you might remember last time we talked about the show, I complained that the minicons aren't characters. That's a real fucking problem when apparently... Yeah. They all have very strong opinions about how they're being used, yet they're not characters, they can't talk, 
in ways that we can understand and they except when they can but everyone forgets well yeah right for one line but i'm willing to throw that out because it happens once and it's never referred to again like they don't have enough characterization for me to give a shit about this thing that i really should give a shit about because it's interesting and it's actually a cool idea it's just botched horribly because the fucking like the people who don't want to be used for war anymore have no way of expressing that actually in the show the only thing they can do yep. is have other characters speak for them it's like if pokemon wanted to stage a rebellion and then but they're pokemon and they none of them can speak <laughs> like, yeah no pretty much it's like if the pokemon decided that they didn't actually want to be used for basically dogfighting anymore except um they never really did anything to indicate that it was just occasionally ash would be like oh i don't know the pokemon don't want this like it would be super annoying and that's pretty much exactly what this is like it's so frustrating yeah, it's, it's, it's it's them putting words in many cons mouths right. for 30 minutes yeah and and again like that's so goddamn annoying if you're supposed to like sympathize with the minicons it's really really shitty to have other characters speak for them <laughs> like yeah i just why like why are the minicons so devoid of character if they're this important and if their opinions about things are part of the message of the fucking show why don't they have the ability to express themselves in any way at all? It's ridiculous. Man, you know we're we're giving this show a shot when we're getting this fucking worked up on it, too. Because it's like, we're trying, you know? <laughs> like, we try to watch the show. We're not just, like, trashing on it the entire time. We're trying to, like, yeah. give it the well, benefit of I the mean, doubt. And I mean, again, like, this is just... And then it just fucks it up. Yeah, and again, this is mostly just... Be I'm getting so worked up because it is a theme that I find really actually important yeah. and also again the idea of the minicons having opinions about being used as weapons is really cool and could lead to some yeah, really like cool stuff too. even the fact that they don't talk like that they can't be understood by everybody yet they have strong opinions isn't a bad idea the problem is that the minicons themselves have no character at all, and you can't tell what they're thinking in any given situation because they're expressionless. So, yeah, like like the the audience needs something other than these other characters saying what they think the minicons think. But it, it doesn't have that. Instead, it's just just characters saying what the minicons think i guess it's, yeah ugh, it's just awful yeah. it's just fucking terrible the terrible episode. so so what was your what was your favorite well, episode yeah. to, to, to end things on a positive note yeah yeah my favorite episode was episode 12 tactician this is the episode in which both thrust and jetfire are introduced mm -hmm. which um i praise this episode because uh it actually uses the basic writing technique of foreshadowing but does it like in a way that's interesting and fun yeah, right instead of just like very very obviously laying down something and then answering it either that episode or the next episode well um, it, it is in answered case, in this episode in fairness but it's it's it handled is. well but it, it's answered in this episode yes but it's it's not um very very obvious you're this episode introduces with like a mystery of just like 
this flying white energy through space encounters a space shuttle. It stops. They, like, look at each other. It scans the space shuttle, and it flies off. And then it's, like, cuts to the kids kind of talking about, oh, did you hear about that spaceship thing? Yeah, I don't know. It sounds weird. And then they just, like, go along about the episode. Yeah, like, it also, it almost crashed into another space shuttle, Fred says, but everyone dismisses him because Fred's a chump. Um, yeah, But, of course. you know, it ends up making sense. Also, you forgot to mention that the energy really looks like a destructo disc. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Maybe a spirit bomb slowly <laughs> yeah, flying right. to destroy this universe. Slowly flying through space. <laughs> The Decepticons also have this mysterious visitor who you might kind of think was that sh- thing floating through space. And it's this like invisible transformer who kind of plays a little pranks on them and then shows up and he reveals himself to be Thrust, who's like this famous Decepticon tactician mm-hmm. that once like blew up a bunch of Autobots in a <laughs> yeah, famous right, battle. Right, right. And, uh, you know, he's kind of cool. He's like a jet transformer as well. Yeah, and, I mean, he um, knows Megatron like they're old friends from yeah. back in the day, but clearly he's smarter than Megatron is. Like, Thrust is cool. I actually like Thrust a lot. I do too. I, and I like, I really like the idea of the bad guys getting a tactician because it at least, <laughs> at least theoretically, it makes the the show now has to like consider tactics <laughs> if they yeah it it, it uh, is a nice actually a bit of like semi backfill to explain why their strategies in the past have been so stupid yeah that too <laughs> so it's nice to see them come in they've come up with this plan and the plan's kind of convoluted and hard to follow because it's transformers armada but the <laughs> yeah, basic even the simplest that... plan is convoluted yeah. and hard to follow because there might just be errors <laughs> yeah yeah, there's so many errors with, like, any <laughs> translation or uh, not even translation, but just, like, basic storyboarding yeah, and plot. Right. Um, so he, the, the, the gist of his plan is to separate the Skyboom shield from Optimus. And, like, Optimus is usually having another Transformer carry yeah, for him. Yeah, usually so smoke just, screen. Like, yeah, so they have, him, they have him split those guys up and uh, so Megatron can come in with the sword and kick his ass. And it actually works. It seems to be working really well when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this ship flies in from space and it's like a space shuttle that starts blasting him and it turns into a transformer. And oh boy, it's jet fire. Mm. Now, here's what I like about the foreshadowing that was set up. Clearly, the blob that, uh, the space blob destructo disc that scanned the shuttle turned out to actually be jet fire, mm. but they don't explain it to you they don't say that they don't be like they don't at any point go like you know that thing from the earlier i think that was probably Jetfire. yeah that's that's true they actually just let you connect the dots yourself which yeah, the show they usually let you connect the dots do. yourself which which i was able to do pretty quick but it's still just like hey holy shit yeah that's kind of yeah, cool right. like because it like took me a second and i, I realized oh yeah because that's what the transformers do they scan stuff and then they can turn into yeah, and it. it also explains so that's why he was like fred's the theoretically impossible story of oh two space shuttles almost crashed because one of them was actually jet fire like yeah yeah it, yeah that is actually cool i like that yeah and so yeah it's just like well well damn okay good for you transformers armada you <laughs> you pulled a fast one on me and like did a couple of vaguely interesting things for yeah once. you you managed now, to make a thing work and not totally botch it that's pretty impressive actually <laughs> And and also like whenever they have the random arrival of a ally come in, it's always just like this completely random Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, and in this sure, case, sure. it's not completely random. Nope. It's like it's, it was hinted at beforehand, and so it's like, oh, that's actually neat. Like, 
it almost seemed like they were going to lose. I knew they were going to pull something out of their ass, because they always mm-hmm. do. But at least this time, they hinted at yeah, it. Yeah, right, and right. That's why this episode's a cut above the rest. Yeah, it wasn't a total <laughs> ass pull, but uh, yeah. still, you know. It's, it's convenient without being, like, bullshit, basically. Yeah. So... I think that about takes us to our break. Mm-hmm. Um, it does indeed. <laughs> we need to drink some water and hydrate after after a long ranting and suffering yeah, well, from I mean, Transformers it's, it's a dry heat, get Peter. A, it's a dry heat. Oh, you're right. Get our energy back for uh, the uh, discussion on the block overall coming up next. I'm Alexis, and I already love that attitude of yours. Transformers Armada will return in a moment. Hey everyone, this is Michael jumping in during the break to uh, give you some acknowledgements, as I often do. Our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Dive In, and the music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Anitek, that is A-N-I-T-E-K. Rights were secured through Jamendo, and you can, of course, find more of their music on SoundCloud. Our next full episode will release August 12th, and tune in next week for Charge Man Ken. As always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for our minisodes via DM on Facebook.com slash HBPod, Twitter at HBPod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. Oh, great. The old sacrifice your partner or lose the weapon gang. Back to Transformers Armada. All right, we're back. Uh, Peter, what did you think about season two of Transformers Armada? Uh, season two was interesting. They attempted a couple new things, at least for a moment. Like things, at, at the very least, what I'll say about season two over season one is that they are doing a plot thing. <laughs> I, I will say <laughs> where... it's much more interesting than season one overall, which. Yeah, it still yeah. has the same they're, problems, but you know, they're sticking. They're at least like sticking to a through line of plot mm-hmm. and of like following betrayals and stuff. They reference previous episodes mm-hmm. um, and introducing new characters know, it, helps too. Like it, it does. They could slow down on that anytime soon. I mean, though, yeah, it's man. a shitload, but like it, 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 <laughs> Do it does. We need five. <laughs> it does help to like shake up the dynamics a little bit. That's when true. You're and and you, you do you add the cold, you know, lone wolf guy to the party. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Or, yeah, or like yeah. the old master. Like everyone's an archetype, yeah. but still, it's it's adding something new to the mix. More options with those archetypes. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, you know, it, and it's it works when it works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's which kinda hard, is you know sometimes, which is not common. <laughs> The thing is, yeah, the the quality of this show overall, I'd say, has not really proved much at all. No. They've just they have made some better decisions overall with like their idea of plot. Um, the idea that they're it's not just episodic, complete random garbage, yeah, episodic mini con like, hunts, which have no other context yeah. or like intrigue to them. Yeah, now it's like more serialized and at least somewhat more interesting on that level. Like you have constant grudges and like you know different 
motivations and stuff, mm-hmm. there's still a little bit of mystery actually happening and being maintained with the Unicron and Sideways's kind of weird relationship yeah, to Unicron. His, his allegiance is still a little questionable, which is yeah. kind of interesting. And, uh, and and yeah, and like they they actually hinted at Unicron without explaining it the next episode. Which yeah, is, right. That's something. There you well, go. Definitely in the next episode, which is uh, the one where Thrust shows up. There's an invisible transformer fucking with the Decepticons, and I was like, oh, it's Unicron. Cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was too. Yeah, it's just because like we know what this show does. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Air of mystery, show- and then holy shit, it's Thrust. It's a different character. Maybe that's why I like Thrust. <laughs> It's just because I thought it like was going to be Unicron. When people try and get me in on a prank, and, and like the, the first <laughs> thing I have to do is tell the person That's subject true. to the prank that a prank that is, is true. happening. Yes, you are. <laughs> I cannot hold You're not great at I'm pranks. Just like, it's too mean. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's like that, but with any plot development. Yeah, they right. just have to explain it all immediately. It's like the, the people who wrote this show must be the absolute worst like gift givers ever. It's like, I got a gift for you. Before you unwrap it, it is, in fact, I don't know, a a Transformers G1 action figure. Like, it is a G1 Megatron. I'm just telling you that right now. Thanks. Cool. I guess I'll unwrap it still. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I generally agree. Like, I, I, this show sucks. It's not good. It's really unfortunate because i do think that this season is better than last season as i already said just by virtue of like adding some intrigue that helps a lot but it still sucks like the dub is just such a shit show that it's impossible to follow pretty much and i think some of the bad aspects of certain characters like fred or or anything like that are building also through the yeah, season. For sure. So even though they are making like minor course corrections and certain plot <laughs> plot structural things, like these characters are fucking growing on my nerves. Yeah, and yeah that means absolutely. Fred and his constant references to needing food. Oh I mean, it's every so fucking constant. episode, it's multiple like, times. Like it's the kind of thing that it, was like it's hilarious. It was at one point a little funny, like not intentionally so, not in the way that it was intended to be funny. It was funny and like. Man, I can't believe they're still making these stupid jokes about Fred yeah. wanting lunch. That's kind of funny. But it is long past the point where it's just like, just fucking stop. I get it. It's not, it's yeah. nothing. <laughs> like, just stop it's it. It's insulting at this point. It's like, fucking hell, what is this character you're making? Like, yeah, and, and like, uh, of course, Fred as a therapist, because people have medical problems. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> just look, at, yeah. Fred is so pathetic. What a chump. It's, it's, yeah, you're supposed to, like, look at him like he's just a pathetic piece of shit, <laughs> which I guess he kind of is, but, like, does it, you, you, you already convey that much through his annoying fucking voice yeah, yeah, and right. his whining. Yeah, like, right. Fred have to is be like, pathetic. You don't need to make fun of him for having diabetes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on it's like you don't you know fuck fred fred is the worst man i really like if you haven't seen this show you do not understand how much fred gets on your nerves he's just fucking the worst and he's in every episode at this point which is funny because i don't think i mentioned this last time we talked about this show but according to like a publication and i guess i'll look into this more and probably post something on our social media. Cause I don't remember the title of the publication, but like 
supposedly the writers of the show intended to like get rid of Billy and Fred by the end of the first season, but just didn't. And so nah. like they become major Great. characters just by virtue of being like it being forgotten that they weren't supposed to be. And it seems pretty obvious that they don't really know what to do with either of them because they really are just in this show at this point for Fred to complain about missing lunch and Billy to like shit talk him. And like, that's it. They're, yeah. they, they have no other purpose, really. Yeah, really. Like, it's like, uh, well, I guess we have to have Fred and Billy in this scene. Well, fuck. Okay. Um, yeah, like the, like the original group of Billy kids wasn't enough. Like, uh, I guess they need yeah. some shitty friends that are even more annoying somehow. Oh, um, they put Fred in this scene. Okay, uh, whatever. Just more food references. That's fine. Have him agree with whatever the kids are saying yep. and go along with it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Make a bunch of dumb food references. Like, and the thing is... Lazy fucking yeah, writing. And the thing is, like, again, I think this season more of the problems just come down to the dub being terrible and just being rushed again, like... They didn't yeah. have enough time or money to make it actually work, so it doesn't work at all. And part of the problem with this is that it's not just bad in the way that dubs are usually bad, where it's like, oh, this character's voice is annoying, or like, oh, the dialogue's changed a little bit and I don't like that. It's like bad on a structural level, where the characters will say things that are such nonsense that things will happen that seem like in any other show they would be a foreshadow of something that will happen in the future for example in this episode or in this episode in this season there's an episode where uh red alert who's one of the autobots says that Laserbeak, who is the little like camera drone <laughs> basically the kids use to observe the autobot battles Laserbeak yeah. pretty clearly gets crushed underfoot in an earlier scene in this episode and the Autobots come back, and the kids are like, what happened to Laserbeak? And Red Alert's like, I'm sorry, kids. Laserbeak's dead, basically. And then Laserbeak flies in over his shoulder, totally fine. And yeah. it's the kind of thing where I'm like, okay, was that just a mistake? Is this supposed to be like a heartwarming, like, no, actually, he's fine, yay, is it supposed to be sinister foreshadowing because Laserbeak is usually right. a Decepticon and now he's just flying back repaired? Like maybe the Decepticons recovered and repaired him and are now using him to sneak in. I legitimately don't know. And it's not because, you know, it, it there's a mystery or it's intriguing. I don't know because it's very easily the show just fucked up that line and yeah. Yeah. there's no way to know. Like, and that the happens show is all so the time. Fraught with error, like all the time. And I, I wouldn't lay it on the dub necessarily. I don't think the voice acting is really all that well, bad. Well, I mean, I'm, I mean I'm, Fred's voice is I'm, annoying. I'm saying dub but, in the sense of like the writing of the adaptation as well. Okay, yeah, which is confusing for this one too because it was pretty much made for the dub first. D sort so. of. I mean, they still had to translate it though. Is the thing. Like, it was made in Japan, yeah. it was made in Japanese, and then it was translated. And this is where I'm going to come back around to the thing that I, I posited earlier, the theory of what happened, which is my my belief now is that basically what happened with the show is um, they didn't actually, like, they were rewriting the script so frequently uh, that they couldn't really get them in front of the voice actors before they were actually recording the lines. So instead what they did 
was they just wrote down all the individual lines of dialogue on little index cards. And then they would just like hold those up to the window of the voice acting booth and the voice actor would read it. But they had an intern carry these cards into the studio that day and they just fucking dropped them all and they weren't actually ordered (laughs) or anything. This is so specific. They just <laughs> dropped this huge pile of index cards and they flew all over the place and they were out of order, yeah. but no one could figure out what order they were supposed to be in because that's an impossible puzzle. So it was just like, all right, fuck it. Just shuffle them back together and we'll just record the episode. And then they just used that and didn't <laughs> edit it. Like that's legitimately what I think happened. They just, wow. they just completely fucked it up beyond all recognition and were like, eh, fuck it just record the lines anyway and we'll just put them in like i mean obviously i'm being facetious but legitimately i don't know how else some of these errors could have happened like i i don't understand how in an episode where the decepticons have the fucking star saber the first line references the autobots having the star saber yeah. Like let al- let alone is... let alone accidentally referring to a weapon that shows up presumably in season three, like just yeah. ignore that. The, even the fucking star saber isn't in the right place in this line. Like how I I don't understand how else you screw something like that up. Like yeah, not just it's ridiculous. Of course, not just referring to a season three super weapon, but saying that one of the Autobots have it, have <laughs> like, it, and also that it's not even the right not name. Not foreshadowing, but just completely fucking <laughs> off. Yeah, it's just completely <laughs> fucked up. Like the only way that happens is if you're writing the script linearly, and then you don't have time to go back and be like, "Oh, that's a mistake." Like that's it. It's <laughs> I don't get it. I have to wonder. If the scripts, if like the storyboarding and scripts were all written in Japanese first, and then the localization process to make the original show, since the Japanese dub did not come out first, uh, but was adapted later, uh, maybe that localization process being rushed caused so many problems. Well, with the no, scripts. I mean, I th- that's exactly what happened by my understanding. Like, yeah. again, it was written in Japan. I'm sure they did not write it in English. Like. Right. Yeah, the so, the yeah, dub that's... was rushed out the door, and clearly they didn't have enough time to make sure that the scripts were accurate. Like, and that's why there's so many differences. There's so many like little differences in either in both script and in like little things that happen that they changed. Yeah, animation in somehow, like they apparently yeah. cleaned it up for the Japanese release, even though again that was. To my understanding, that was the original release in the sense that that's what it was written and like animated for. Right. Like, yeah, it, that's it's uh, bizarre. It's just, ugh. I guess that's how people can mishandle a fucking co-production, huh? Like, wow. Yeah, or just, I mean, and again, like, uh, a lot of the blame probably maybe lies at the feet of Cartoon Network for demanding an unreasonably short amount of time to get this thing adapted properly like sure it it just i don't know it's just a disaster like that's really all you can say about it like (laughs) the the the, the dub process is a disaster and the show is it's not incomprehensible but it's fucking like it's just constantly fucked up obviously yeah it's ridiculous. So if I had to say 
what would you recommend this show? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Season two Agreed. is again best left in the past. I was really best left in the like, past. I, I I saw the first episode and I was like, you know what? Maybe this show does get better. It doesn't. It doesn't get better. And no matter yeah. how much better the like, you know. And again, like as much as I just shat on the dub slash adaptation process, like. I don't think the show would be particularly good in Japanese either. There's still no, a lot of it. problems. However, however, with this season, I will say I think that it's almost certain that the Japanese dub is much better. Like the the first season, it was too consistently just boring and stupid. This season has enough plot stuff that probably if the dialogue wasn't fucked up, it would actually work. Well, if if we're if we're correct and they have they did do it like another pass on it for Micron Legend, which I mean I guess they did, but you know it, it's hard getting like the details of this exactly sorted out. Like then then yeah, it probably is better in Japanese only by that virtue. I would say I don't imagine there's like you know I, I think the voice acting in this show is fine for a kids show in English. You yeah, know? right. I mean, and again, when I say dub stuff, I am not really talking yeah, about the voice acting stuff, which generally doesn't bother me that much, even with things that are considered to be notoriously bad dubs. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I mean, it depends. There, there have been a couple times where I've tried to watch something and it's like, I can't watch this dub. It's just dog shit. But for the most part, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me that much. Like, yeah, with this, it's really more just that there seem to be serious problems with just the structure of episodes based on the dialogue. Like, uh, you know, not to just keep reiterating the same points over and over again, but when the dialogue is nonsense, it's really hard to actually follow what's supposed to be going on in episodes that yeah. rely on <laughs> yeah. characters talking to each other to communicate information because. Even yeah. if it's right, you consciously know that it could easily be wrong. Yeah, yeah, that there's a hidden fuck up mistake in yeah, there. Yeah, right. It's, like it's, it's really aggravating. Yeah, it is because it's like you you just end up discounting every line because yeah, like you know, twenty five percent of them are just mistakes. <laughs> so you don't. Why should I listen to any of it? Yeah, you don't want to have a show where you can't even like trust that the writing will work. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, true. Like it's horrible. <laughs> exactly. It's like oh god, it's so it's so, horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. Don't watch it, please. It's trash. This show's trash garbage. Yeah. Sorry. I know I'm sure good people worked on it, but man, this yeah, the, it really did not fairness, turn out. This huh? does seem like the kind of show where even the people who worked on it would be like, yeah, that ended yeah, they, up being a they, real disaster. I think they probably knew. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to the bet. The bet uh, last time was how many injuries were visible on screen, and there were a shitload actually. Is, I, um, I think I lost immediately on the first yeah, episode much. because I I took the low bet, and they introduced a lightsaber into the show. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's so. a lot of like <laughs> limbs fucked. being cut off because they're robots, and you can just reattach it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, lasers are still totally ineffective, but <laughs> that sword yeah, right. is awesome. So I won by quite a long stretch. Uh, that's a phrase, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it'll be the title of an episode later. Uh, but yeah, 
uh, I think for it this was an one, overmatch. Doug. Yeah, it was. It was indeed an overmatch. Uh, so. <laughs> For our next bet, I think we're just going to bet on how many times in one episode Fred references food in some way. Now, this can either be yeah. complaining that he missed lunch um, or, like, eating a hot dog, which happens at least once. <laughs> I don't know. Or what. he's hungry. Yeah. Any any reference to food by Fred. Um, so what do you think, Peter? In one episode, too, not the over the whole season. The maximum amount of times... Yes. Basically, yeah, the maximum amount of times it happens in one episode for the whole season. Yeah. Uh, geez, in this last one, I'd have to say it was probably like almost five or six. Yeah, something like uh, that. In this one, I want to say five. All righty. Five is a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say three, which is probably okay. a little too low. Um, I think I think five five could happen. Five could it, easily it, happen. It definitely happen, especially since again, it seems like they're just running out of things for Fred to say. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it, soon, all of his lines will just be like hungry sandwich food. food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <so>. Medication, <laughs> good lord. <laughs> Antidepressants, diabetes, food, medicine. I'm supposed to be a pathetic character, even though I have traits that many normal people share. No, he just, yeah, he'll just become a Tamagotchi. Uh, <laughs> I pooped. Someone clean it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fred's Fred's the fucking worst, man. And I, I do want to point out, I'm not making fun of people with diabetes or mental health problems. No, I no, have no. mental health it's, problems. The problem is the show I making fun much. of him. Yeah. Like, I, I do want to make just, it clear. The problem is that the, the show cheapest... frames him as a chump when he seems like a perfectly normal person if taken at face value. Yeah. His only issue, really, is that he whines too much, and that's the show's fucking fault. Yeah, the the only problem is <laughs> that the show whining. biases towards him being an annoying jerk, which he seems like a normal person if taken at face value again. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm I'm excited yeah. to pay attention to Fred's lines. I guess I'm not really, but whatever. <laughs> nope. uh, so obviously, we'll be doing more Transformers Armada in the near future, but next week. We realize that we've done an, a bit of an unintentional theme month of, who boy, this stuff is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're just going to continue that, because we're going to watch the show Charge Man Ken, which is, oh boy. Uh, I don't even know much about it, so I guess we'll talk about it more in the minisode. But basically, it's a show about a little boy who can transform into himself with a helmet on and a laser gun, and he just murders aliens and they're very short episodes that are incredibly lazily animated. Uh, it's, yeah. it's something to behold. So It's garbage. <laughs> yeah, so so continue our garbage July, I guess, uh, and watch yeah. Charge Man Ken. But until then, uh, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And be sure to revisit us next week for even more garbage. Hey, this is Michael again, just saying uh, thanks for listening, and I hope you're staying safe out there. It's crazy how long I've been saying that, and how long I will probably be saying that into the future. This podcast is in support of Black Lives Matter. If you check the relevant post on our website, that is the one titled Black Lives Matter, and with a black image, uh, you will see links to various charities and uh, a couple of lists of charities that could use your donations if you're so inclined. 
obviously, none of these donations affect us in any way. It's just that, you know, uh, this is a cause that we believe in, and we want to use our platform to spread the word, uh, even if our platform is very, very small. So teeny, we can barely stand on it. If you want more of our content, you can follow us over at facebook.com slash hbpod and twitter at hbpod, where we post all of our episodes as well as additional content related to what we've been watching. This is also a great way to get in contact with us if you're so inclined. Of course, subscribing on uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, if that even exists anymore, or basically whatever uh, podcatching app you use is a great way to stay up to date and while you're there, consider leaving us a review. We really appreciate it, and it actually helps us find new listeners. So, uh, you know, it's doubly appreciated. We really appreciate you. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week for Charge Man Ken.